Hello, I'm Kerry. Hi, I'm Hannah. Welcome to the Machine on Learning podcast. We both have degrees in English literature. We both work at the cutting edge of emerging technologies and neither of us can properly code. This podcast exists to seek out people working with technology in unconventional ways so that we can explore the tech world through new lenses, squash tech snobbery, meet really cool people, and more importantly, introduce you to one another. Today, we're really delighted to be talking to Hélène Guillaume, founder and CEO of Wild AI, an app for female athletes that tracks data such as menstrual cycles, digestion and sleep to help them perform at their best. She's also an athlete mentor and the co-founder of PKI, which connects the London tech community through shared adventure. So welcome, Hélène. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be on the podcast. Just to give our listeners some background, can you tell us about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so I, so my personal background, I studied mathematics and financial risk. I was a quantum hedge fund. And from there, I did different things of which advising large corporates. Um, my big client was Fannie Mae in DC on how to optimize internal risk models using AI. And on the side of that, I've always been doing sports, uh, rugby, and then gone into endurance sports, running ultra, mar- ultra marathons, triathlons, and ice swimming. And basically, I saw like from my world in finance, using a large amount of data sets to take smart investment decisions, that we're using all this data. Uh, but in, as an individual, I was seeing all this data that I was having as, a, as an athlete, but also as a, as a woman just going to doctor, having blood tests, smear tests, et cetera, and, and really not understanding anything about my body. So, so from my background that there was a massive gap on like my understanding of my body and what we could optimize there. And then got into that and really got obsessed into female health where we realized that we didn't understand what was a female body, but also like no one understood, no one really cared. So that's when we really drilled into that. And now what we're doing is we're doing research on the female body. So what is a female body and translate that research into an app, helping women train fuel and recover based on the menstrual cycle or based on the symptoms if they are in perimenopause or menopause. And that's us in a nutshell. Amazing. So we'd love to know more about Wild AI. What does it do in terms of, I know it's an app, but what does it do? How does it work? And how does it compare to other fitness trackers that are on the market? Yeah, so um, so basically we have this app. So you're opening up as a, as a woman and then the, I, the reason why you would join is because you want to train for any physical activity. And then from there, we provide you daily recommendations on what, how to train. So for instance, if you're running, if you're training for running, uh, go run 5K, what to eat around the training and how to recover. The eating part is really interesting because um, as the, like common knowledge is like eat proteins and carbs, that's true for a man, but for a man, he has a window of three to 24 hours um, to replenish the muscles with proteins for women is 40 minutes. So timing is very important. And then what you eat, depending on the menstrual cycle is also very important. So before relation with diarrhea, carbs very well, at a relation we need fats. So if you're not understanding that and you're not fueling the body correctly, what often happens if you, if you see a guy and a woman going to the gym at the same time, the guy would get fit and leaner, whereas the woman might start, she's eating less and she's exercising more, but she's gaining belly fat, which is very unfair. But the reason is because the trigger in our brain is quite different and it says going into starvation mode, i.e. stock up. And so we are really struggling to understand that if we're not following what the body needs, when it needs it, and to give you some brief examples, 
during our periods, we need iron. Before periods may be bloated, we need increase in electrolytes and hydration. Again, if we're not following that, then we have permanent instabilities. And, uh, and yeah, so and the way we very different than anything on the market is first of all, most products out there are not uh, products that are actually Mentech. Um, so we are serving women. And, and then it's, it's also like highly personalized. So that's how we are different. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I, was, I wanted to ask about self-tracking a bit more broadly because obviously sort of since the self-tracking revolution has happened, people's relationships with their bodies have changed. And I was really wondering whether you think women's relationships with their bodies have changed since self-tracking has been brought in and also whether you see a difference between the kind of self-tracking that's just about getting to know your body versus the kind of self-tracking that's about trying to I guess optimize your body as sort of you've talked about it because you know one of, one of the things I love about period tracking apps is that I can't put goals on that my period is my period and I can't affect when it's coming and to me it feels like they're doing slightly different things and I'd be really interested to hear what you thought about that difference yeah so it's really interesting like what is really interesting is that I think you track you can actually um first of all understand what happens in correlations which often as women we don't understand and the relationship to our body uh is very linked to that so we we've been hearing as women like uh we moody and bitchy and just deal with it and everything we feel like you know menstrual basically all the, the pains that we feel they're all bundled into the word menstrual pain uh whereas actually there is a massive array of reasons you might have pain from ovulation which is at the middle of the cycle um premenstrual symptoms the periods uh post-discovery syndrome 10 percent of women endometriosis 10 percent of women ibs 30 percent of women so all these things are actually by themselves um standalone um conditions and they open into one word so first of all like <clears throat> by tracking you start to understand uh what are these different things you start seeing correlations and patterns and it makes you also feel like you're like it, it makes sense so it's not like these blurry things that are happening in your body and that we don't understand and they're like you know what do we hear like women are too complicated it's like absolutely true we're actually following patterns and you can actually impact on that so for instance one very common thing is like um women might the digestion of women might change so you might be more constipated or diarrhea depending on where your menstrual cycle you never need to have that anymore if you understand how to show correctly your body this is like quite incredible but first of all you might have a hunch that there's correlated but you don't really know when and then we start tracking you see this correlation and then you follow recommendations and then you actually can really impact on that so not only we mitigate the negative impacts of um that you may feel there's negative symptoms but you also optimize the upside which is how to feel better always yeah i hadn't hadn't realized that some of those side effects were perhaps a bit more a bit more optional than yeah exactly uh, I think the the thing you said about how like people present women's bodies as these big mysteries but actually no it's just it's just there and if you start mapping it you can see the patterns I think that's a really powerful kind yeah. of shift in a way of thinking about it yeah how just out of interest how long would you say that it takes like how long would you need to use the app and I guess this is different depending on your goals but how long would you need to use it before you could see those kind of correlations and really feel the impact in terms of your training? At the very beginning, because it's the very first time you open the app, you actually see things that you've never read anywhere. 
before. So like to give you the example, the digestion. So like, and so that's why women have this huge use of it. Like they're like, oh my god, like makes total sense. And you're like, I see you nodding, and you're like, oh yeah, makes sense. And like, and that's what happened when you open the app. Is like, and so it's general knowledge. It may be not applied to you directly today, but you you read things that make sense. So that's why it's really interesting because it's. I mean, I find it still incredible that it's so like on research and on served and that's why we have such incredible opportunities because yeah we basically have been completely ignored as women so actually straight away and then as much as more you use it the better it becomes and the more relevant for you yourself it becomes and that's when it becomes like really personalized so it's, yeah it's, it's a learning process as well great you talked about the fact that you're a triathlete How, if you're just someone who runs regularly this is probably more like me i run regularly but i don't necessarily train for you know full marathons um i have done a couple but would the app still be relevant for people who are running or training just casually well i can reverse the question like would you find it interesting to know like you know how like some i don't know maybe if you run like one day you may feel like super fit and like it's super easy to go running and then another day you feel heavy and and um so and so it's it's also frustrating because you yeah. say, okay, I do a one hour run today, but then you feel like heavy. And actually would an app telling you that day we're going to focus on something else. And by the way, this is how you can feel better the body to always be more prepared. Like, mm-hmm. would that make sense for you? I do like the way you run and the, how you use it. Oh yeah, totally. I, that, your point yeah. there is exactly spot on because there are times when I go running and I probably run for about 45 minutes to an hour and i will get to the end of it and go i feel like i could just keep going for another hour and then other times where after 25 minutes i'm just oh i just don't even know if i'm gonna get back or i need to stop and and it's really annoying and you're right frustrating it's really frustrating because i don't know what i've done differently to have that amazing run versus what i've done to have the really heavy one so i think yeah if the app can do that that would be absolutely incredible. Yeah, so it's exactly what yeah. we're doing. So yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm to- I'm totally sold. <laughs> so yeah. you don't even Perfect. need to train for a marathon. It can literally <laughs> be for anyone. And going back to something you just touched on earlier, I-, I love the the message on your website, which is breaking news: women are not men. And and it seems, a cr- it seems pretty crazy that we need to even state this to- uh, today, but we do. Yeah. Uh, and in light of this message, what kind of <laughs> What kind of challenges have you faced building an app that is specifically for women? And because yeah. you must have come across quite a lot and just in terms of the reactions that you've had from other people in the industry. Yeah, I mean, like it's, I, I find it like hilarious or ridiculous, but uh, I would say hilarious probably when, um, when I'm still like, like it introduced or presenters so and there was an lefty article saying like the femtech niche and like, really? But like, do they know what the word niche means? Or, I mean, like, it's probably like my bad understanding of the English language, but like niche for me is something that's small. And like, so like, it's, I find it still incredible that people really consider niche and female sports, they're like, oh, but that's a tiny market. I'm like, guys, you have no idea. I mean, like, you're not serious, right? And they literally do not, do not see it as like sports and women doesn't go together hand in hand, like absolutely not. So. I find that is like quite incredible. Like, and and I look at these people, and now it I I don't laugh, but like, yeah, it's, it's like we like we we've it was really a struggle. Now I think we've 
matured as a company so it's also like we're more credible so i can laugh a bit louder i guess when i, I hear that but but yeah that's that definitely and then another word that they're using is uh we are so recently we were in um in the sports um mappings of the sports um like sports sports tech and our company was in diversity not on performance not on athlete tracking not on uh self tracking but in diversity i'm like so we are a subset of subsets whereas we performance for half of the world population so again like it's like it's like these misconceptions or like wrongly like target i don't know so it's i find it interesting that we're still at that stage and uh, and it's it's on us to to work on that and change uh, people's understanding of what we're doing and that is like is actually really big and people are missing out on billions of opportunity if you're like yeah looking at that that way so that's so interesting i think that's really telling as well that it's yeah diversity and they're kind of i was wondering because we wanted to chat a bit about sort of i guess the menstrual cycle element of the app and um obviously famously um there are quite a lot of fitness apps out there that don't include menstrual tracking and you know is that because the apps and technologies are designed sort of for and by men and we're quite interested to hear your view on this and i guess just thinking about what you've been saying whether does it feel like it's an issue with like the sports world or an issue with the technology world or the sports tech world or like an overlap of the two yeah um three percent of sports research go to women three percent um and we have literally different bodies so what i find incredible now is like i think this decade is going to be like on discovery that the female body is like so on research that we have no idea what's the capabilities of the female body so some like dark ages of um usage of the female body was when we were doing like in like eastern germany or communist countries like um pregnancy doping so they were putting women athletes pregnant because they're body was overperforming so if you put a female body to, to create a baby or to perform at sports it was actually the highest capacity to uh, perform so like all these things like you know we have misconceptions that um a female pregnant is like this fragile little being but actually not it's like this incredible powerful machine that is creating another human so like i think like today we are like in the dark ages of understanding how efficient that female body is and I find it fascinating. So I'm actually really excited by, by that, but it's both uh, like an issue coming from the sports world that still believes that sports and women is like two opposite things. Whereas women are playing sports, they're watching sports, they're spending money. Like, you know, the fastest growing uh, like sports uh, spending is like is women spending. Like if you look at like all the big brands, I don't have the numbers, but like Adidas, Nike, et cetera. Lululemon, like it's billion billions of dollar companies, because like women are, and yes, you can say it's like at leisure a lot, but like women are doing sports, um. So that and tech for sure. Like whenever it comes like to like you know tracking etc., which is like our worlds, um, and like yeah, we uh, and and from the very 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 like initial point, which is like for instance, we were uh, like one story I love, like we were two, we were four in the, in the meeting, two guys and two two women and uh we were like the women were saying we need to track sex drive and the guys were saying why we would track sex drive it never changes and we were like oh yeah it changes all the time um and so 
it was really funny because like if you look at like an engineering team at I don't know, let's say Apple, the guys would never even think of these things because just like it's so outside of their world. So that's really the issue in like companies that are like created by men for men is that they just literally do not know. They have no idea. And also there's all these massive amount of taboos like bleeding like one of my favorite questions like uh to guys or to women like have you ever bought a tampon you know if like a man or if, if, did your partner ever bought you a tampon most men have never gone into like you know the section of the supermarkets that is like this i don't know taboo area which which whereas we buy toilet paper so i'm like what, what is wrong with you guys like it's, it's totally normal and so we have a massive work to do on that but yeah i, I actually find it uh <laughs> cute or ridiculous like their uh, the behavior and understanding of a lot of people seem on that mm. oh, i love that i i really distinctly remember when i when i spotted that my sex drive changed with my cycle and yeah I, and like and not just and not just drive but like the type of sex i wanted changed at different points in the cycle as well and i was like okay maybe because of like ovulation patterns and stuff and like i have quite a lot of sexual health clients and we've had some really yeah. interesting conversations about that because it's just yeah it's just a completely different way of thinking about oh, it. it's fascinating and and then here we're opening the pandora box of the sex life of women which obviously like women are not supposed to have pleasure or sex drive or whatever and all the massive amount of taboos behind so but yeah it's incredible yeah that's uh um this is I'm going to mention because this is a podcast and also because if you've not read it, you might find it interesting. And I'll probably mention this many times, but there's a book called Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski, which is a really fascinating reframing of um, yeah, women's relationship with sex and thinking about um, like turn ons and turn offs in a completely different way rather than thinking about sort of sex drive as the static thing. So if you've not read it, I would really recommend that. It's really, really good. Um, I'm kind of definitely yeah. have a look at yeah check that out. Oh, have I not have I not told you about it? Okay, no, we should do a podcast where I just talk about <laughs> book. Like I also, like I almost have a personal timer of like how long can we have a conversation about sex before I bring this book up. <laughs> so yeah, I guess um, a big question like how do you think some of that stuff that is taboo, sort of menstrual cycles, data on the female body, how how do you think we can make it less of a taboo? I talk about it um i had uh, i just spent like some time with one of my best friends she's a female activist a human activist and one of her favorite topic is like fighting against female genital mutilation and she's she's hilarious she's like she tried to chase Theresa May dressed as a vulva she was distributing vulva cupcakes to boys to explain them what how it looks like and it's okay that they all look different and the and um it's really education like uh, a lot of the the education and awareness comes from people looking at like porn and perfect perfect vulvas are like like you know pre-screen like modified um so like that's taboos on the female body um all the taboos around uh female pleasure as well like we we come from like you know origins of historically if you read out all the books and if you look like a lot of the religion so you know things that are really ingrained in order today a lot of, of this stuff is like the woman is always like this perfect virgin that doesn't have any pleasure or any desires um and 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 so 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 that's a, that's another massive issue and then and then whenever everything that comes to like the female body uh, whether it is menstruations or even like uh, fertility and reproduction it's very much still um a, a woman's issue 
So if you are pregnant or if you're like, uh, or if we like taking care of a child and we've seen that massively with COVID, it's still very much a, a woman's issue and, and it's not okay. Uh, so we need to have equal compulsory paternity leave. Like it's not because guys give just a drop to make a baby that they can only have a drop of their kids. So um, I think it's like, it's also like in that sense, it's also unfair for men. So like fighting for these like, yeah, human equality as well. So um, talking about it and, uh, and working around the taboos. That's great. I mean, that's pretty much everything. I just wanted to talk a little bit more um, just on a personal level. So we've talked about your business and you've secured investment and had a huge amount of success so far. On a personal level, how has the journey been for you? So what would you say the, the key challenges that you've overcome and the biggest lessons you've learned along the way? Oh, um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, I think uh, take time for myself. Um, I mean, we're a health company and like at some point I, I couldn't sleep and stuff like that. So like, that's not okay. Uh, it's a long, long journey. So like making sure the health of every single person in the team is a priority um defining my style of leadership uh i'm a sole female founder and there are not a lot of examples um and my company is very it's a very love company so when you like the topic it's absolutely amazing to work here um but how to yeah how to and 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 it, it is like we want to grow everyone in uh, as leaders but how can I define is that new roots is, is a, we have a very different approach to, um, to like to team management and, and every person in the team is like quite different. So I think for me, like developing as a, as a leader uh, has been a very interesting journey. I'm, I'm supported by incredible people. I have coaches who are incredible. My team is very strong. So that's great. I have like, yeah, probably the, the best setting I could dream of. Uh, but but it's been challenging and like learning a lot and doing massive amount of mistakes. Um, and being, I think like learning to be vulnerable and like not being too tough with myself sometimes as well. It's, it's, it's important and it's, I'm learning that. And, and I mean like some groups of founders as well. And that's, that's really helpful. Like uh, sharing a lot on that and sharing on our personal issues and learning and growing from there. So always basically like always taking this approach of, like basically there are no real mistakes it's like it's all part of the journey and there are no like regrets to have it's all part of the journey but like how to learn from it and grow for it and continue day after day being positive and and continue building the business yeah that's because that's that's the hard thing isn't it it's just being positive because you do have the the downsides and like you say it's just accepting those and saying okay what have i learned from this and how can i move forward i've, I've done that so many times over the last couple of years since setting up as well um yeah. just out of interest in terms of investment have, how have you found that because i know there's a huge amount of stats around the fact that it's very hard for women-led businesses to get investment as opposed to if you were a male heading up a business have you found that to be the case or and how have you dealt with that um i have some like some funny stories like a guy as so i'm a not only a sole female founder but i'm also divorced so i was like talking with a potential investor and the guy was like oh are you divorced so surely you don't need money anymore and i was like um not sure i understand you first of all you would assume that i had less money than my husband second you assume that there was a money exchange and both are wrong 
so fuck off. And I was like, um, why? I mean, like, if I was a man, you would never say that. So like, there are a lot of misconceptions and like massive biases on, on women. Having said that, I enjoy fundraising. I've, I've been not, not bad at that, pretty, pretty good. But, but I think people still have biases. And they, they, they believe that uh, credibility of women is less strong than credibility of men. But, but personally, like, I'm, I'm excited by challenges. So when I'm told I will not succeed, it makes me more excited. And I actually have always fundraised in the times that people would tell me, like, never do that. So Christmas, summer and COVID. And it worked out really well for us. <laughs> I love that. Have you got any key advice? You talked about taking care of yourself and making sure that your team do the same. What other kind of advice have you got for female entrepreneurs specifically working in the tech space? I think like getting, getting this network around is incredible. Like I have all these incredible women, but also men who are like helping me and, and being vulnerable and okay about it. And interestingly, like some of my closest friends who like are, founders they invested in my company so i was like the most open the darkest time of the company and the people the person would be like oh by the way can i invest in your company i was like i don't understand i just told you like all the the worst thing of my company so it's interesting like really i learned how to really open up and be vulnerable learned a lot but also basically it brought me straight away like um positive things not only like uh, business-wise but also money-wise people invested and uh, and yeah, so not like we are. I am sole female founder, but I, I'm not alone. Like my team is incredible. I have a real network around me supporting me. So I think the build, building, like understanding what you need, where you bad at. And like I had done an exercise with my coach, which was incredible. It was like listing everything I do, and then listing what I hate and what I love, and uh, and then everything I hate can I delegate it and, it, and it, it was an incredible exercise so there's a lot of things that you can do to like optimize your day-to-day -day life one thing for instance that that is incredible for us is like we are actually a remote team since January and it was worked super well for us and it just happens that it's pretty good because we were prepared for COVID but it was it was like because because we 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 regrouped as a team and it's like like how is it that we want to work on a daily basis do we actually want to go to an office every day and none of us wanted to that's great completely agree on the remote working thing like we we sort of mix remote working and not and yeah as soon as you just take out the rules and go like maybe you can go into work sometimes it's like revolutionary but it's also so simple and i think that's yeah. it feels like wild ai is um is a bit like that like revolutionary and also sort of very yeah. you know just what's needed at the same time um i know that there's um I think when I've looked on the website, there's sort of a waiting list for joining. So I guess the last thing is, you know, do you have any advice that if any of our listeners want to want to start using our app? What's the story? Yeah, so if app? you go, exactly, if you go on the website, wild.ai, uh, you add your email and then you'll get a survey to just uh, ask you a few questions and then you get uh, an invite from there. Amazing. Great stuff. That's my job. That's my job this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and all the very best with Wild Air. It sounds absolutely amazing and very, very much needed. So, yeah, looking forward to using it. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's really exciting. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me as well. Oh, amazing! Thank you. 
for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find out more on our website, machineunlearning.co.uk. And please do like and subscribe on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts.